Okay, so reading the Bible is really, really hard. And applying the Bible to your life is almost even harder. So when you want to read, study, and apply the Bible, what do we do? I want to give you three keys to help our study and application of the Bible. There's a lot of different things to think about, but these three keys act like ground rules for us and help us to interpret well. It will provide a richer and more productive reading and application of Scripture. The first key to reading the Bible is to remember that Scripture can't mean something for us that it didn't mean for them. What do I mean by that? When the Bible was written, the Lord led and used human authors to write to specific groups of people in that time. We call this the original audience. And when these authors wrote to that original audience, they used the languages, genres, metaphors, and culture that the original audience was familiar with. So if we're going to understand the Bible well, and what the Lord, through those original authors, were seeking to convey to the original audience, we need to understand scripture from their perspective. That's really the key point here that I'm trying to make, is that before we can think about what scripture means for us, we have to think about what did scripture mean for them in their perspective. That's why things like the historical cultural context or the literary genre are so important. If we come up with an interpretation of scripture that would have made no sense to the original audience or even to the original authors for that matter, then that interpretation is going to be a bad interpretation. When God speaks in scripture through the human authors to the original audience, that is an act of communication. So our goal then is to understand that communication and not treat the Bible mystically or hear only what we want to hear. We can and we should draw implications and applications for our own lives. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But we first have to see what was God communicating to them. Think about it this way. We've all had that friend who has this crush on someone else. And when they're talking with them, they come back and say, Oh, I just know that we're going to fall in love. I know that they like me. I sent me all these good signals. We're going to fall in love. We're going to get married. We're going to have children. Et cetera, et cetera. And you're like just trying not to throw up. Now, I have a point of what I'm trying to get with all this. If you're a good friend, you're going to say, no, dude, you're bonkers. Like all they said was hi to you. You're reading way too much into this. They don't like you. Sorry. The point of this silly illustration is that we can do the same thing spiritually with scripture, where we can convince ourselves that the Bible is saying one thing, when in reality, it's not saying that at all. And the result of that is that we don't just have a few moments of heartache of a lost love or something like that, but we can have the heartache of misinterpreting scripture. And it can lead us to places, either theologically or in our actions, that God maybe doesn't want us to go to. When we do this, we're not actually hearing what God is trying to say to us. That's why it's important for us to hear God's communication in his word to the original audience. This focus on the original authors speaking to the original audience acts as a control on our interpretation. So we can hear what God is saying rightly. So the first key is scripture 
can't mean something for us that it didn't mean for them. The second key relates not just to the meaning, but how it works in our own life. And it's a slight but important tweak of the first key. Here it is. Scripture can't apply for us in a way that it didn't apply for them. Remember, the first key was Scripture can't mean something for us that it didn't mean for them. Here, this one is scripture can't apply for us in a way that it didn't apply for them. Just as our interpretation needs to be related to their interpretation, so our application needs to be built off of what their application would have been. So if God and the human authors are telling the original audience to do, say, X, whatever this thing is. And the application we come up with is to do G, to pick a random letter, or just something way different, right? If we are saying we got to do this, but the text is saying to the original audience something completely different, then we have a faulty application. My point in this is that your application needs to be built off of the meaning and expected application for the original audience. Then, once you got that, then how this works in our own lives today. So first, we're understanding what did the original authors mean and speak to the original audience? How did it work in their lives? And then we can deal with how does it work in our own lives? Some passages are going to relate to us very similarly as to the original audience. And this is more of a one-to-one -one correspondence. We're commanded to flee sin. They were commanded to flee sin. We are commanded to flee sin. They were commanded to serve sacrificially. We are commanded to serve sacrificially, etc. These are direct applications. But at the same time, some passages, other passages, may only apply partially. This is because there are cultural differences and we live in a different time and cultural environment. Here we need to find the principle inherent in the text. So we're still being ruled by the text here, what the communication was. We need to find that principle inherent in the text that spans time and cultural differences. It's not exactly going to be the same application for them as, as it is for us, because there are differences between them and us, the original audience and us. But this is the key here. That application is still built on the meaning and application for the original audience. If the original audience like randomly jumped into a time machine and came, sat next to us and heard our application and our principle that worked in our own culture, a good application would be them doing all that, sitting next to us and saying, yes, this is a good application. This is familiar to me. There should be some resonance between the application and the principle for them and for us, but it may play out differently for us because we are in this different cultural environment. And this is true whether you live in 21st century America or somewhere else in this world, whether it be Japan or Africa or somewhere else. If we have this key in mind as kind of a ground rule for us, it will act as a control again on our applications and help us to hear God's voice better. I don't want to hear my own self. I'm tired of hearing myself. I've got lots of problems, but God is perfect. He's right. I want to be transformed by the Lord, by his son, and by his spirit. And I need him to speak to me through the human authors and the original audience. So this second key 
is that scripture can't apply to us in a way that it didn't apply to them. The third and final key here is to remember that when we are reading and applying the Bible, that not everything is about you or about you doing something. Now, there's a whole host of scripture that is talking about us and what God requires of us, but not everything is about you. It's not everything about me. It's not like that Uncle Sam picture, I want you. The Bible is about you. The Bible's not merely a rule book. Are there rules in it? Uh, Are there things that we should do? Yes, but it's not merely a rule book. Here's the rules. Make sure you follow them. There are commands though. There are things to do and not to do, but there are also many things that describe who the Lord is, what his character is, what are his actions, his attributes, his attitudes towards us, towards the world and how he is working. So many times when we come to the text, we can have a a narcissistic sort of reading of scripture. What does this mean to me? And how does this uh, work in my life? And that's good. That's a good impulse that we want to have of how does this affect me? But it's not only and always about me and about you. Instead of telling you to do something, maybe the text is just seeking to tell you about who the Lord is and what he is doing and what he is already doing and what he will do in the future. And listen to that vision of the Lord, that presentation of himself to us, that should transform us. That should transform our hearts because we see who our God is and it causes a full and deeper love and relationship with him. Like really, what better application can you get out of a passage is to see how God is faithful, how he is rich in mercy and love towards us. This is why we need to read, I think, large sections of scripture and not just cherry pick a verse for an application for our five-minute devotions or something like that, that we like. If we're reading just on a limited level, I think we're setting ourselves up for an individualistic reading and application. Are there things for us? Yes, of course. We don't want to squirm away from a pointed application for us, but there is also much, much more. So that's my third key here is that the Bible is not all about you. It's about the Lord and his desires for us. If you keep these three keys in the back of your mind as you read, it will go a long way in giving a better understanding of what scripture is saying and how it works in our lives. I hope that helps. And I hope that this is a blessing to you. And I hope that we can take up and read to hear his voice well, to live it faithfully before him. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. I'm praying for you and may the Lord continue to bless you.